0: To Expounded Universe, Season 12, Episode 2. You would not believe the dark trend I pull in this shirt. The book, The Ruins of Dantooine by Veronica Whitney Robinson with Hayden Blackman. The year, 2004. Chapters 2 and 3. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome back to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars Expanded Universe Novel Discussion Podcast. The one where I'm really working hard to put on this excited voice, I have to assure you. Hell and also, yes. <laughs> and also, John is here. Hi, John. Hi.
1: <laughs> My mouth it's, tastes uh, like tangy honey barbecue. What did you eat? Uh, Honey barbecue Fritos.
0: Oh, Okay. I was worried that you were going answer to answer with tangy honey barbecue and we'd just be in circles. <laughs> uh, but I'm glad to hear it's it's chips. It's delicious chips.
1: It is chips indeed. My favorite cookie company, chips indeed.
0: <laughs> that's all that's in there. Oops, all chips indeed. <laughs> chips indeed. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't have any chips around my house. I'm a little jealous. But then again, uh, my prayers were answered when I did my... Uh, what do you call it, uh, remote shopping order today, they actually did deliver a gallon of peppermint ice cream. Ooh. My favorite of the ice creams.
1: That's excellent. Yeah, I only have these dumb Fritos because I went to go get some soda from the Seven Eleven, and I was like, well, there's dumb shit here and that's my weakness, so time to get it. You
0: do. It is true. It's a thing about you that you have a weakness. You can't pass up. A uh, a snack food that has a, a a twist or a new marketing gimmick or something. It it hits you every time.
1: Oh yeah, I'll go past something and it'll be like, here's a new dumb way that we prepared a thing, you know? And I'm like, fuck yes,
0: give me that. M&Ms with pepperoni. Get the fuck out of my way.
1: <laughs> I need that right now, and that I am aware awful. that it will be gross.
0: That sounds awful. I'll take four. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is that is me. I'm the person that they are marketing to.
0: And what I what I find particularly fascinating about it is that at this point in your life and mine, we've become internet presences. Like people look to our voices for entertainment times. And here you are doing one of the most regular of YouTube bullshit things to do <laughs> just for your own fucking sake for no not bothering to record it or report on it or nothing. Oh, no, like, I'll straight up
1: do like a, ooh, I'm going to do a dumb flavor challenge between four things that are awful. This isn't for a show. I just do this.
0: Yeah. Some YouTuber is ashamed of you right now. I don't know which one. Uh, Lindsay Ellis, maybe? <laughs> That's one, right?
1: Rhett and or Link. <laughs> uh,
0: uh, j J uh, H H Bomberman. <laughs> Guy. Is it Guy? Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, Guy Bomberman. That's on me. Hi,
1: I'm Guy Bomberman.
0: (laughs) I should be in Smash.
1: (laughs) Put Guy Bomberman in Smash.
0: They actually did just put Bomberman in Smash, but he's a fucking me costume. Boo. I know. Super boo. And of course, when they showed the preview for him, he had all the bombs in the game surrounding him. And then they had to be like, no, no, he doesn't get special extra bombs or anything. It's just a costume. Boo. I know. It's a a real boo, because Bomberman is a long-running classic video game character with a very gameable moveset.
1: True facts.
0: Yeah. And instead, we're probably going to get fucking Crash Bandicoot. Yet another run-and-jump-and-spin type guy. Uh, uh. Bigger, uglier Sonic. (laughs) I said it. Even even among the people who are in the crash bandicoot library i still feel like if you're picking a smash pick it's got to go to spyro ah. spyro's rad there there isn't a, dra- a playable just regular ass dragon in that game yet and he would be a fun thing or just running around with his little wings and shooting fireballs at people and crap that cool. would be
1: little winglings
0: yeah he'd have little winglings and he'd have like that Glowy dragonfly that hangs around near him. I don't know, I've never played any of fucking games. <laughs> I'm just I'm just aware that he's better.
1: Uh sure. Why not?
0: Uh-huh. Okay.
1: So Star Wars. Star Wars is Maybe? definitely uh a property. stop <laughs> put Star Wars in Smash.
0: <laughs> put Star Wars How come there's no Star Wars in Smash? Uh if you were to put Star Wars in Smash, John, what character would you put in? Oh, I just put in
1: Star Wars.
0: Oh, so how about if it was just a stage? Like, they announced that Star Wars was coming to Smash, and then it was just the, like, the yellow text opening crawl from New Hope that you can run around on?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, it scrolls, and you have to keep changing levels.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because it scrolls up off the top of the screen. If you stay on the the uh, one line, it'll kill you, so you have to jump down to the next line down. And then it just scrolls through, like, all nine of those uh, th- those yellow intros floating through space. And off in the background sometimes you can see like a tie fighter mm. but there's no character there's no playable star wars character no yeah so that's put that in smash and then send all your angry letters <laughs> to uh to to me send send them to me we are reading god we are reading ruins of dantooine and <laughs> i knew going into it from the cover that this book was going to be very star wars galaxies uh not just because the cover art is straight up done using Star Wars Galaxies mod tools to pose a bunch of stormtroopers but because one of the two authors is the the uh game director at the time oh yeah
1: also let me tell you i saw a screenshot from uh Star Wars Galaxies and this might not even be posed this might just be a screenshot from the game
0: this might be someone who aggroed up a train of uh, stormtroopers and one ATST and is running for their life.
1: Yeah, I literally saw a picture that was uh in the later version of it, a Jedi, and he had like four stormtroopers and an ATST in front of him, and I'm like, Well, <laughs> whatever mission this guy's <laughs> on.
0: Oh, that character got immortalized as the uh the POV on the cover of this book. <laughs> Good for him. But uh but I, I I can't get over exactly how much they use the source material here.
1: Oh yeah. It's it's interesting because it's such a weird blend because this book is basically an like an adaptation of Star Wars Galaxy's stuff, not the story, mm-hmm. just stuff, and then yeah. also Twilight.
0: Yeah, well, because there's not really a story to galaxies. It's just set in the early day or the later days of the Empire or whatever. That was all they really had for story in it. Yeah, I mean, there's mission events you can go on and you can meet Thrawn and he looks terrible. Uh, But you know, it's an MMO and it's a sandbox MMO at that. So there's not much that they could have built on. But what they used instead were just the trappings, just every trapping, everyone, every trapping. And, and, And what this really makes me. Think about is what would have, ha- you know, the Mario Brothers movie mm-hmm. and how at the time when you were a kid and you saw it and you were like, this has almost nothing to do with the Mario Brothers video games. I feel cheated and I blame Bob Hoskins. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is basically showing us what it would look like if they had used all the shit from the Mario movie and how bad that would have actually been. Nah. Oh hang on to there, Luigi. I have to eat a mushroom. What makes me bigger?
1: I mean I would love that. Don't get me wrong. I would absolutely <laughs> love if they had Big Bob Hoskins.
0: John like head headbutting bricks over and over again in an attempt to get <gasps> the get a fire flower out of them. And that was the game. Hell yeah. Oh my god, just picture Bob Hoskins crawling up onto a series of pipes and trying to crouch on top of each one to see if he goes down in there. Nope, no opening there. Nope. (laughs) That one's not a pipe you could go in. Meanwhile, John Leguizamo is ducked into the point where he's flashing, and he's like, I'm in Mario (laughs) 2. You know, originally, I was in Doki Doki Panic. Originally? (laughs) So... So there's just so much of that. And as John mentioned, there is also so much Twilight here. This is very, very Twilight or whatever inspiration Twilight was using. It's, I mean, it's uh, really
1: just fanfic very heavily. I mean, we had mentioned last episode that it Mm -hmm. right out the gate is like, ooh, I'm Dusk and I'm not like the other girls. And then it just keeps doing that.
0: Yeah, I mean, the book predates Twilight, so it can't be a ripoff of it. Oh, no, it's
1: just it, that style.
0: Yeah, it's very much the style. Uh, and, and it's not going to end here. Oh, boy. <laughs> so our, our uh, when we last were hanging out with our hero, hero Dusque Mistflyer, uh, she had front row seats in an animal fight. Which neither her nor her, nor her assigned companion Tendao Nandon found a particularly fun experience, but she had to watch all this blood sport, and the whole time she was aware of some mysterious dark-eyed stranger watching her from the crowd. Oh yeah, and but, he uh... made her feel flushed and womanly, despite her best interests. Uh, yeah. <sighs> anyway, he's disappeared. And the uh, the fights are over now. We have a winner and everything. And uh, our Rodian announcer comes out and announces that it's time for casino time. So everybody, you get a little bit of free money. Head on into the casino and lose it immediately. And oh, also, yeah. there's a bar tab.
1: They had a... Like, the first hundred or whatever people to come in would get some free credits. And so the moment that it's over there's just a mass stampede towards the doors of the casino, which just kind of leaves Dusk and uh, Nandon hanging out, going like, cool. I don't really give a shit. So, uh, you guys, you guys go trample each other or whatever.
0: And they are, there's actually a description of how like the slower species are getting shoved over and trampled by the fast species desperate to get into this casino. Yeah. And, uh, Luckily, I mean, neither Dusk nor... Actually, Tendal wants to get in there, but uh, Dusk is not interested in it because, of course, she's not a fun girl yet. She hasn't let her hair down or taken off her paint-spattered overalls, so she just wants to get down to business, uh, which in this case means going over to a heap of dead animals.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And just taking a couple samples from all of these corpses.
0: Yeah. So she leaves Tendal behind because Tendal... Uh, imperial bioengineer and animal study, study specialist not only has a really hard time walking on the surfaces of planets, but also has a really hard time with blood and, and animal corpses. It is.
1: <laughs> it's one of those he, things, especially in these two chapters where they really harp on, uh, like in this chapter, it's very much, oh, you know, neither of them like the whole blood sport thing. and. Ooh, if if Nando had to go down onto there, he would just be physically ill having to trump through that blood. And then later we also get, you know, Tendow himself saying like, yeah, I I get fucked up if I'm walking on planets. And I just, like you're saying, I keep thinking, how are you a bioengineer that goes into the field at all then? How are you not just a desk jockey?
0: How did he make it through the famously difficult imperial, like, training process and everything, where they were like, all right, step one, can you do all the scouting shit to get the scouting experience that you need to be a bioengineer? Because, again, this is an MMO. And he had to be like, no, I cannot.
1: They're like, we need you to go run through that forest. He's like, I will not and cannot.
0: I have absolutely no intention of doing that. May I wear hover shoes? (laughs)
1: That is one of so the, the things I kept thinking was like, can we get him a little hover skateboard? Can we get back to the future to this guy?
0: Why don't they just give him one of those stap things from the Phantom Menace? That would be perfect. Just sort of have one that's set to go a little slower and he can stand on that and just sort of zip around. Hmm. You remember hmm. that, right? It was like the standing speeder bike.
1: Sure. Why not?
0: Yeah. You just believe me. Don't worry about it.
1: Yeah. I'm fine so, with that.
0: Uh, <laughs> So she leaves him behind and goes to basically poke needles into a heap of dead animals. And the description is so ripped from the MMO that I can almost see the cast bar Hmm. when she's doing this. She's like, well, I'm going to take a sample from this animal. Ding. Success. You have obtained two animal sample. Uh, What do you mean this corpse didn't have an animal sample in it? (laughs) Not all animals have DNA. (laughs) But I need to collect 16 Borgo asses.
1: (laughs) Uh, And we also get a little bit here of the idea of how much sway that Dusk actually has. Because both when she goes up there uh, and when she is leaving, she sort of stopped and has to show her identification. And as soon as Mm -hmm. she does, the people are like oh shit, sorry, don't want any trouble, you're an Imperial mucky muck, and if I try and do anything to stop you, I will be shot by stormtroopers, my bad.
0: Yeah, she basically has a pack of stormtroopers, not under her command, not connected to her in any way, but every time she flashes her ID, they show up nearby, marching around to help reinforce the, her uh, her fear quotient.
1: Oh yeah, it's just like, Ah, yes, whenever I take this badge out, for some reason a patrol comes around the corner.
0: Yeah, yeah, so everyone's scared of her, and she just gets to get her work done. But there's one person who isn't scared of her, an unnamed Zabrak lady.
1: Yeah, that Zabrak wants the uh, samples from the ricks that uh, Dusk took to be made Mm -hmm. into a clone of that ricks.
0: Yeah, that uh, she wants her animal back. Her animal was recently killed, and she's pretty brusque about the whole thing. She's just like, hey, hey, you, hey, Imperial, I know what you are because I can see the class training you've received and the the armor that only bioengineers can wear. <laughs> How much to clone my Ricks and also my Mortys? How much? Uh, and oh, come on. I know. And, uh, <laughs> I was
1: thinking it. I just didn't say it. <laughs>
0: And that was fairly mild. It's not like I launched into a into a uh, a long boring rant about how being smart is incredibly difficult or anything.
1: Hmm, hmm, hmm. But yeah, this Hello. Zabrak is not going to take no for an answer. And when Dusk is like, I mean, one, I don't have the facilities or ability to clone a thing here, and two, fuck off. Yeah, uh, yeah. The Zabrak the, is the, just like, oh, you're gonna do it.
0: yeah so she tries to tries to wave the zabrak off by being like yeah i don't actually have access to cloning facilities obviously now we're gonna find out in the next chapter that's basically a lie she has access to the build whatever machine that every planet has on it somewhere (laughs) um but but mostly she just doesn't want to do it she's not here to clone someone's fight pet and didn't really approve of the first one being used for for blood sport anyway and she says as much she even's like hey no i'm i'm a firm believer that if an animal dies it's dead now
1: oh and yeah our
0: our, our Zabrak launches into a whole conspiracy rigmarole where where she's like well you know, the they i know how it is with you people you're going to take the, that dna from my ricks and clone it with a bunch of other crap and turn it into a crazy bio monster i know how you operate
1: you cook up abominations in your lab and think we won't know about it.
0: And I'm, you know, Dusk is such a retiring character that she just tries to get out of the conversation and be like, instead of being like, no, we don't care if you know about it or not. I'm the Empire. Yeah,
1: yeah, here comes the stormtroopers. I mean, except she does. We know that's kind of the setup for Dusk is going to have the same kind of arc, I assume, that we got from the last book. Where it was like, oh, I work oh, for yeah, the Empire, Queen. yeah, and I, I just, I'm just doing my job, and I don't, I'm not evil. And then someone has to come along and go, yeah, but your job facilitates murder and death and evil. So, I mean, you this know. one's
0: the, yeah, this one's skipping some steps because by the end of these two chapters, we learn that she's already gone through the moral crisis and routinely cheats stuff to uh, benefit animals and not have to do any of the hard, evil shit that that, that bioengineers have to do. Now, she's been lazy about it. She's not like a, a rebel sympathizer or anything. She's just doing it because she doesn't like to kill animals for no reason or make gross monsters.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, it comes later in the chapter, but there's a point where you find out, like, oh, she took a sample from a Sarlacc pit, and then it got lost. And it's, you know, because she's like, I don't want to give this to the Empire because... This is a horrible monster, and they'll cook up some even worse monster using it.
0: Yeah, exactly. So she's she's already a little bit re- 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 uh, rebel. Now, that that separates her from Queen Zucks, who basically, basically makes a five-minute transformation.
1: I mean, yeah. She went from, I'm fully on board with death weapons, to, oh, oops.
0: Death Star is just a branding term. Mm-hmm. That's a just death what Star the guys is just a tool. in PR
1: came up with
0: like dynamite or an alligator. (laughs) So, uh, in any event, uh, the MC of, of, uh, the, the fights shows up and is like, Hey, whoa, there, Zabrak. You've got to leave her alone. She's Imperial. You know how it could go. And the Zabrak wanders off towards the casino muttering, uh, at this point, dusk shaken by this experience and irritated, just wants to go home or at least go to her hotel room and do her, her work in peace but we now begin a never-ending string of uh, paternalistic men grabbing her by the elbow and dragging her around.
1: <laughs> yeah, we get Tendow being like, oh, you know, let's go into the into the casino. We're already there. Let's have a little fun. And she's like, oh, oh it's late. I don't want to. And he's just like, ha ha, I don't care. Let's go.
0: Nonsense. Yes, you do.
1: Oh, okay, fine. <laughs>
0: At least this guy's not gonna hit on her. So it is I assume her actual uh, thinking on this. Like I guess I can go in there with Ten Dao. He's harmless.
1: Yeah, he'll just wander around and shuffle about, and I can be like, yeah, 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 all right, let's let's humor you for a little bit.
0: And if nothing else, she can always lose him in a crowd and go back to her hotel room and do nice, fun paperwork because <laughs> the other girls don't like to do nice paperwork.
1: Well, she doesn't want to do paperwork either, because she needs to prove herself, and she has to go do dangerous missions where she can show that she's a badass.
0: Yeah, we haven't hit that point, but that will happen as well. Now, when she gets into the casino, we get a bunch of descriptions of how it's a big, bright, flashy place, and she actually has to shield her eyes, and oh my goodness, so much activity all at once, and everyone's so drunk, and she doesn't like it, and where's this casino's dog so she can just meet the casino pet?
1: I need to go into the corner and pet the casino dog.
0: Everybody in this casino, please respect my introvert bubble. Thank you. <laughs> uh, uh, she sees people playing roulette and sabak and what have you, and she's wandering around when Tendao is like, "Hey, little missy," because he gets increasingly avuncular old grandpa throughout the course of this chapter. Why don't you go do some gambling? And she's like, no, I don't want to randomly lose money. That doesn't sound good. And he's like, I think we could cheat on our imp- empire reports and just write it off as a loss that we had to spend money to do bioengineering.
1: Yeah, it's like, oh, you, you can just expense it. It's OK. Pat, Pat, on your way now.
0: Yeah. Now, he has some excuse about wanting her to go off on her own and gamble that he's going to meet a merchant, Mastivo. The 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 merchant of Coruscant,
1: <laughs> but, but uh, Doctor, I am Mastivo.
0: <laughs> Real piece of shit merchant, worst one. <laughs> Couldn't think of a worse merchant. <laughs> uh, but I, I honestly, it's obviously bullshit. He's got his own agenda going on. He doesn't ever actually find a Masti a Mastivo. Instead, he's talking to some uh, Bothan. What was she Bothan? I think he he ends up hanging out with a Bothan woman for a little bit but then vanishes dramatically in in front of uh, Dusk so that she can't tell who he's talking to.
1: I also really love when it's describing the casino because it's, oh, everything from an Earth Casino is in here, but we had to give it a different name. So there's lug jack machines, and I'm going to go over to a table of spinner pits and put my cash on a number and Ah, here's the the dice bouncer where I can play that.
0: <laughs> they call it
1: poops. <laughs> uh, yeah, her just wandering around and being like, "Ah, it looks as though every single bit of gambling is exactly the same in Star Wars. They just have stupid names for it." All right.
0: Yeah, I mean, we knew that already. I did, it when, they first, when the description first came through of spinner pits, I was excited because I knew it was obviously roulette, right? Yeah. But I was kind of hoping it was weird roulette where you sat in a spinning chamber. So it was like half roulette, half the teacup ride at Disneyland.
1: <laughs> I mean, I assumed it was going to be basically Star Wars roulette without a lot of changes, but there's literally no changes as it is Red and black and double zero green and it is straight up just a roulette table.
0: Yeah, it's a hundred percent roulette. I don't know how a pit factors into it in any way. Maybe well, they the
1: pit ha- that the spinner is in.
0: It's so the it's literally pit. It's a pit the way casinos actually have pits. That's so boring.
1: No, in in that the wheel is slightly below the surface.
0: So you have, okay? You drop so, a
1: ball in there. You know how's that? So works? it's
0: like. Gr- So it's like ground roulette, because normally roulette's like on a table. No. You're you're saying that there's an inset pit in a table with a roulette wheel on it.
1: I'm saying, have you ever seen a roulette table?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, of course I've seen a roulette table, but when I hear pit, my my initial thought is hole in the ground. (laughs) Not for them. It is just any
1: sort of lower than surface area of what it's on so there's okay. a small indent where the wheel goes and that's the pit
0: very good also it's in a pit because the banks of uh gambling tables in a casino are referred to as pits indeed they're the pits. hooray so many pits <sighs> okay and basically she's walking around nerd analyzing everything like ah curious these these humans and aliens are willing to throw away their money on a game. I am not. I am very intelligent. Uh, <laughs> ah, when she I is see a- these
1: people at the lugjack jack machines. Hmm. They are definitely putting in more money than is coming out. Curious. And you're like, yeah, it's a casino,
0: idiot. Is this her first time in one? Or is she just insufferably smug even in her own head to herself? <laughs> uh... Who knows? Anyway, she she eventually tries to make her way to the uh, sabak tables, not knowing that they're sabak tables. She just thinks they're quiet looking rooms. Yeah, she's uh, like, "Oh, hand-
1: that's a room where you don't have a bunch of machines clanging and lights flashing all over the place. That's probably the quiet rooms for people like me that just want to sit down with a nice book."
0: Yeah. So on her way there, someone hands her a beverage. She tries it, and it's like, "Ew." This beverage contains alcohol. Alcohol would not be an optimal beverage for me. A person who would like to keep sharp at all times and always do drink what's best. I will trade this for a glass of Soylent. <laughs> really, she just puts it down in the first chair she passes after thinking, I don't like alcohol. I like being sharp all the time.
1: Yeah, I'm too smart to get drunk. Straight edge for life.
0: I just got, I'm getting so tired of her. And she makes her way to the Sabak tables, where obviously she has to be mind-boggled by the concept of poker. She's clearly never actually seen Sabak before, because she doesn't know the name for it. She's uh, confused about the interface fields and static card retention tables and all that shit that Lord knows John and I have talked about like six times already.
1: Oh yeah, she sees the dealer pressing a button and is like, hmm, that must send out a kind of signal. Curious.
0: Who would bet at these tables? And that's when someone comes along to answer her question. Because if you thought the prologue was there to get all of the, uh, all of the cameos out of the way, nope. Indeed. Hello,
1: allow me to introduce myself. I'm Lando Calrissian. I am here to talk to you because you are the main character.
0: And also, I'm here because anywhere there's high stakes sabacc, I'm there. Even if I'm not playing in it, I'm just going to watch. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's supposed to have recently lost a game and left the table. But basically, he tries to put the moves on her. They don't work because she is just too... What are you trying to do to me, human being?
1: Oh, yeah. She's like, oh, you are handsome and charming. Hmm. But you're a little too polished for my tastes. I've met this type before. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and so she instead just presses him for information about Sabak, and he explains the game. Uh, she asks what the stakes they're playing for are, because he invites her if she'd like to go and play a game of it. And and his response is the pretty classic: "Oh, if you have to ask the stakes, you can't afford to play this game,"
1: which is basically true because we find out the little markers they have are just representations of things they are betting. So it's like, oh, that blue marker means that that guy's betting a spaceship. And this this is just the opportunity for the book to dunk on Lando to be like, man, who would risk a spaceship in one of these games? That's stupid. And he's like, yep, sure is.
0: <laughs> yeah, just taking little digs out of Lando. Oh, the other thing that might be worth mentioning at this point is that uh, for whatever reason, Dusk is inhumanly lucky. So yeah. she, ran- she randomly wins two spins to the spinner wheel before anything else happens.
1: I have to imagine, because she wins more later, I'm like, is someone rigging this? Is this, a, is this a thing where, like, because she's an Imperial, she's getting to win? Or is, like, the spoiler alert rebel spy causing her to win with some tricks or something? Because this is I'm, dumb.
0: I'm almost 100% sure that Finn Dark-Tran is is our Jedi du jour and is cheating on things. Uh, but he'll never mention it. Obviously, instead of ever revealing he has force powers, Finn will will just endlessly try to protest his his love or profess his love for her, and constantly get interrupted in the attempt to do so. Hmm. Uh, so after getting hit on by Lando for a while, she tries to break away when she sees her associate Tendow, and he has to do the thing where he kisses her hand. Oh yeah, and, and she's, she's
1: like, "Why?" Like,
0: you have gotten saliva on my digits and extensor claw. I am uncomfortable with this process. I like paperwork. Hmm? Uh, and, and she tries to wander off, but by the time she gets over where Tendow was, he's gone. And, yeah. Along with whatever bothin woman he was talking to.
1: She's like, oh, wait a minute. That's not whatever fucking merchant he was supposed to go speak to. Weird. Oh and he left. I bet it was because he wanted me to mingle more and not because he has some sort of secret mission he's doing.
0: I love the idea that he saw her uh, out in the crowd and was like, "All right, listen here, you both. We've got to make ourselves scarce so my friend can get can uh get her groove back."
1: <laughs> I am just hoping that that my little assistant here will get dicked down because oh my god. <laughs> <laughs>
0: If I don't see a boring workman uniform sock on the doorknob of my hotel room tonight, I am going to be pissed.
1: (laughs) So help me.
0: (laughs) So she starts talking to herself at that point, just being like, I wonder where he is. (sighs) We're the only person here who's talking to themselves at a big fancy party. And that's when it's finally time to introduce Finn Dark Trin.
1: Oh, yeah. He's just like, hey, I could help you change that. And... When she thinks it's Lando at first, she's like, Lando, you just don't know when to, and then sees that it is Finn and is like, ah, yes, this is the type of person that I am horny for. There is no specific reason that she's like, ah, yes, Lando, not into it. This dude, absolutely soaking wet right now.
0: Actually, there is a little bit, and I, I get it, because she describes him as looking like someone who works.
1: I mean, eventually, but like yeah. even in the crowd, she looked up, could only see his face and was like, ooh, a man. And no, again, I, you, you're not wrong here. She's still like, oh, she turns around and sees him and just like has a small gasp and is like, ooh, my.
0: But I mean, I get it because basically all of her descriptions of how he's handsome are ba- boiled down to ruggedness of, uh, of face and hand that he looks like the on shoulder. Uh, breadth he's he's a big guy who looks like he works for a living he's got broad shoulders and big calloused hands that have clearly been done doing work and basically it's it's for the ladies who are into micro uh the the guy
1: that works for the punisher
0: (laughs) is that a thing i did not know that was a thing
1: what microchip
0: oh microchip oh i see where you're going with this At, at first i was like wait does the punisher have a friend who's his crow no <laughs> okay. Uh yeah, I'm the punisher, this is Micro. <laughs> Murder. <laughs> okay, no, but she she apparently has a, a micro fet uh fantasy type where she likes dudes who've Well, I mean her dad worked in a factory her whole life, so obviously this is her looking for guys like her poor work-to-death dad.
1: Oh yeah, this guy doesn't wear fancy clothes and a cape like Lando. Oh, he's got plain clothes, just like I do. And and he, he's got calluses on his hands. He doesn't just sit somewhere and press buttons for a living. Ooh, no. He's so rugged. I wonder what those calluses would feel like if they were all over me.
0: Yeah, exactly. So we pretty quickly establish what her type is. And I got to be honest, this guy's described as having black eyes over and over again. And at first, in the first chapter, I thought he was supposed to be like a black dude. Uh, and now I'm not sure because yeah. we don't get any more de- descriptions in that direction, except that he has rugged, strong jawline and a cleft chin is the only face descriptions we get here. So now I have, I have no idea, but I'm going to maintain my belief. That there are just two black dudes in star Wars named Finn. Cause that makes me happy.
1: I mean, the problem I have is when she describes Lando, she's like, this is a black dude and then when she describes Finn, does not.
0: Yeah, I might have just been wrong about that, but oh well. It's not like I want to give this book any credit I don't legally have to. <laughs> now, this character uh, but is yeah, the he just... third... <laughs> Go ahead.
1: No, this, this guy pretty much immediately is just like, hey baby, what's up? And she is so horny that she's like, uh, what? And he's like, you're coming with me and just sort of grabs her by the arm and is like, you will follow what I do. And you're like, Whoa, Hey, now,
0: but I want to make this clear, because Lando also took her by the elbow and walked her closer to the to the Sabak tables at one point. That makes this guy the third guy in this casino to just grab her by the arm and drag her around, and every time her response is like, hey, I don't like being treated in this fashion. I'm an independent person and individual and a strong, hardworking, okay, I'll go with you.
1: Yeah, all right, whatever. And yeah. it's, it's not even like, oh, yeah, you know, she is going along. She's like, I don't want to get into a fight or I don't want to make a scene or whatever. It's always just like, nah, I might as well (laughs) just internally. She's like, "Eh, this is fine.
0: So he drags her to a roulette table. uh, And basically in an attempt to win her over, he has her pick bets, which win over and over and over and over again. In fact, she picks eight or seven winning bets in a row and then just to try and get out of her winning streak, picks the double zero. It doesn't roll the double zero, but then pop, it just kind of pops out of its spot and lands on the double zero. Obviously, Jedi forces are at work.
1: Yeah, I mean, that or just cheating. (laughs) Someone's got some magnetic button or something to hit.
0: Yeah, it could be regulation cheating. And we get a description here that I appreciate, which is a hard-ass Gungan lady pit boss.
1: I love the idea of that. I was like, yeah. yes, yes, give me the Gungan Pit Boss.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, we are on Naboo, so it's not all that unusual that such a... or oh, wait, are we on Rodia? No, we're on Naboo. It's not all that unusual that such a thing could happen. Uh, and in- indeed, this Gungan Pit Boss notices the overwinning and just tells some goons to go cash this guy out.
1: Yeah, she like has a little talk with the uh, the attendant at the table, and the attendant has to come over and be like, I'm sorry, sir. We're going to have to cash you out tonight. Oh, no. This pit you, boss is so scary.
0: You're winning too much and anticipating a fight, because I assume anytime someone's on a super hot streak on a casino good night, they're like, I don't want to cash out. But instead, he's just like, hell, yeah, let's cash out. Put it in my account. Fuck yes.
1: Yeah, great. And anyway, I assume my lady here wanted it to be the last role as well. Isn't that right? darling huh? sweet cheeks (laughs) my
0: my female (laughs) anyone else want to take a spin on the can on this lady look at this hey quick do a little twirl for us and she's like i'm a strong okay all right yeah sure why not not worth the trouble of saying no huh okay uh Uh, he drags (laughs) her outside
1: yeah he's like hey how about we go look at some stars and she's like i have just come in my pants very well
0: yeah, except that she can't quite get there yet. She can't be like, "Okay." Instead, she has to be like, oh, there there were strong clouds this evening. I think it's unlikely that we will see stars. It is far more likely that instead we will see rain." I do not know how to respond to being hit on. I have a rash on my back.
1: <laughs> I just loved when he whispers in her ear like, "Hey, let's go look at the stars." She straight up is like, "Okay. Well, uh I'm I'm done. I <laughs> like I will full body shiver and just be like, yes, yes, please let us do this. We should (laughs) copulate you and I.
0: (laughs) So he takes her outside and they're standing around outside talking about the night and the creatures of Naboo or whatever. But there's already a couple of horny folks out here who are already horning up on all the horn action. So, they get dragged to a second location, some fountain somewhere, and finally she's like, oh, crap, this dude's gonna try and put it to me, I gotta I gotta stop this.
1: Yeah, because, you know, there's a few pages of her being like, oh, uh, maybe we can be done, and he's like, no, we're not, and she's like, no, we're not. And then, <laughs> by the time he drags her off to where there is no one around, and... No one can see or hear them. She finally is like, hey, wait a minute.
0: Yeah, she finally comes to her senses and is like, nope, I'm leaving. And he finally comes clean. He's like, hey, listen, I really have to talk to you and you're probably not going to like it. But just hear me out, okay? I'm a rebel spy.
1: Yeah, just straight out is like, hey, uh, just need you to know. Uh, I took you here, not because I was trying to get down and dirty with you, I just need no one to hear me, I'm a spy, I need your help.
0: Yeah, I'm a spy, I'm a spy, I'm a big mean spy, and I'm going to need your help on a project, and she's like, ah, come on, what, are you, but she doesn't leave yet, and he's like, okay, okay. I think you're willing to help me. I know you're a bioengineer, and I know you have access. I just need you to go with me to a planet so I can go to that planet because you have the access that allow me to go, and then I'll get a thing before the Empire can get it, and everything will be fine. And mostly, she's just irritated because all he needs her for is her access.
1: Oh, yeah, because when he first starts talking to her, he's like, you are vital to my current mission. And she she's just like, oh, my God, I'm vital to something. Somebody needs me. Oh, finally, a big, strong man needs me for something. And then as soon as he's like, anyway, I just need you to, like, get me into a place so I can get a thing. Bye. She's like, oh, well, Uh, fuck you then, buddy.
0: I got to say, my favorite thing about that is that there's no point where Finn ever realizes how irritated she is by this, because she keeps trying to launch into that where she's like, oh, so you just need me for my access? And he's like, yes, exactly. That is what we need.
1: And then it's just like, you know that I'm an absolutely amazingly capable bioengineer and I can hold my own and do whatever. And he's like, yeah, that's cool. Uh, I just need you to escort me to a planet and then leave. Yeah, I am I not observant at all.
0: I don't care about your backstory in the slightest. I just need your your uh, multi-pass. <laughs> I,
1: ju- I just need you for cover.
0: Yeah, so she's getting increasingly irritated about that. And she's about ready to leave with some toss off line about how like and I, if you thought you knew me, obviously you were wrong. And he's like, no, I actually know like everything about you there The Rebel Alliance is not a joke. We do a lot of research and we have a strong spy network.
1: Yeah, we're not just going to send agents out to any random Imperial that has the, like, credentials we need and go, Hi, I'm a spy to them. We did our fucking homework. We know that your dad was killed by the Empire. Your brother was killed by the Empire. Your mother was ruined
0: by the Empire. And that you know it because you've already started working against the Empire. Sure, right now you're telling yourself you're doing it out of kindness to animals and laziness, but we know that's not true, and you know that if the Empire notices, they're not just going to give you a slap on the wrist.
1: Yeah, if we notice that you have been making certain dangerous uh, animal samples go missing... There's only so long before the Empire notices as well, if they haven't already. And hey, guess what? The Empire will kill anybody. It doesn't matter. You don't need to be a rebel for them to murder you.
0: The Empire will kill you. And- Basically, she's still putting him off. She doesn't want to do this thing. It's it's counter to her current worldview. She tries to pass it off by like, but I'm in the Empire. I'm already safe. I don't want to leave the Empire. Getting into them was the safest move I could make. And he's like, you know it isn't. You know that's not true. What would it take to get you to work with me? And finally, she leaves by saying, I don't know. And then she walks off. Yeah,
1: but she only says it to herself. Like, mm. she just leaves and is like, I've got to go. And then when he asks her, he just, or she just walks away, and then it's like, I don't know. She said quietly to herself so no one else could hear. Like, okay, (laughs) great.
0: Yeah, well, unfortunately, I mean, I think that's the end of the chapter two. Uh, Mm -hmm. Chapter three is just her running into Tendow again, who just grabs her by the elbow and drags her back into the casino against her wishes.
1: Yeah, she comes walking back toward the casino while Tendow is leaving it because he's like, "Oh, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't see my associate." And uh, she must have gone back to her room and fallen asleep because she's a boring sack of potatoes. Mm-hmm. And on the way out, he's like, "All right, let's uh, step over this passed-out Trandoshan." And oh, look, there she is, and she is very clearly just crying and rubbing her eyes as she heads back to the casino. You know what she needs? A good stiff drink. Come with me.
0: She used to get right back into that casino, obviously. Number one, if there's one thing Ten Down Nandon knows...
1: (laughs) It's what a human needs.
0: There are two things here I really want to talk about. Number one, I actually kind of appreciate how fucking rowdy this party is getting, where there are people being thrown out of the casino bodily and just sleeping on the floor outside.
1: Oh, yeah, we didn't even mention it, but when... uh... Finn Darktrin was taking Dusk by the arm to lead her outside. A drunk guy, like, falls and almost knocks himself into uh, Dusk. And Finn goes from, like, I'm a charming suitor to immediately stiff arms. This dude spins him around is like, I will fucking murder you. Leave.
0: Yeah. So he demonstrates some more value because this is just a self-insert fanfic. <laughs> <sighs> For the love of God. Uh, but the other thing I really appreci- or don't appreciate here, because I was going to do a compliment sandwich, open-faced. There was one good thing. Now, here comes the pile <laughs> of bad things. When he sees her, his first thought is, ah, yes, human women are far more susceptible to hormonal imbalances than most species. I wonder what's crawled into her and died.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the fact that he sees that she's crying and is like, oh... <laughs> I'm going to have a long-winded way to say to myself, yo, I wonder if that broad's on her period. And I'm like, really, (laughs) Book? Fucking really? He's like, oh, I don't (laughs) think that she's as susceptible to those times of months uh, hormonal swing that other females of her species are. And you're like, oh, God.
0: It is well known that human females are the most volatile of females. (laughs) Ugh. Come on, man. I thought Don't you were cool. <laughs> well, in any event, he's like, Oh, you're just on your period. Come with me. We're gonna have some highballs. <laughs>
1: just Daddy knows her, what you need. <laughs>
0: just drags her right over that Trandoshan ocean back into the casino.
1: And now he's she's she's like, I have a headache, I'm tired, I'm clearly upset about something, and he's like yeah, that's great. Anyway, let's go back into the rowdy casino and uh I don't
0: care. <laughs> like I'm not going to stop till you tell me what you're upset about.
1: Uh we do get a little more uh of the galaxy's stuff as a couple dancers and a musician come out on stage and the musician when she listens to him why it helps soothe her headache. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> the healing power of a buff from a musician
0: yep it's he's a nalargan player or something and oh he gives her such a buff he does she should probably remember to tip him later
1: hmm, hmm.
0: Tip, t- tip him says ten down and don incredulously you know that's just a bot ah. <laughs> so yeah she gets a little buff off the dancers and musicians um uh, and while she's sitting there, he keeps trying to needle her into telling her what, what happened and what went wrong, and she won't budge on it. And eventually, he gets distracted because uh, our Zabrak pal from earlier in the episode has met up with a bunch of the other trainers nearby uh, who lost. And having a uh, they're all having kind of a technical workman discussion about being animal trainers.
1: Yeah, they're talking about, like, what are the new animal training techniques? What sort of tech has come out that, you know, helps you to make sure that your animals will stay in line or helps them, you know, do training. And that is when a conversation happens where some new trainer is like, yeah, you don't want to try and tame <laughs> these bats. Mm-hmm. Why? I've only got three fingers because they bit two of them off.
0: Oh, no, that's her. She's we find out the Zabrak's nickname is fingers.
1: No. That's just what Tendal calls her.
0: Oh, okay. Well, th- in any event, she's also the one it's not who had the same
1: her- Zabrak because the Zabrak it's from du- the beginning was a dude.
0: Oh, it's a different Zabrak. Okay,
1: multiple We've Zabrak m- trainers, multi-
0: multiple Zabraks. Um, but they're having yet another conversation that is straight up pulled from the the uh, game. Because John, I don't know if you knew this off the top of your head, but one of the one of the careers you could build your way to in that game was creature handler, uh, which you needed uh, creature. Oh, sorry, creature trainer you needed creature handler experience and scouting experience to get there
1: yeah and these these borgle bats are definitely not not for the low level creature trainers
0: oh the mighty borgle bat uh now the trainers are having a discussion about Borgle bats which are found on rory the moon of of naboo and uh how no one is sure how the heck uh the The moon of Naboo got all this stuff on it in the first place because it's got a really weird animal ecology, but not a uh, a longstanding uh span archaeo- or paleontological history that indicates who the hell settled it in the first place.
1: Yeah, there's a whole bunch of things like, oh, some say it was... Like, the first human colonists to Naboo settled there and then decided, mm-hmm. fuck this place, and settled on the planet proper. Some people think it was the natives of Naboo went up there. Some people think it was spice miners. So there, no one really knows what's going on with the moon.
0: Yeah. Now, but... The, while I, have a, a-
1: I have a, a guess. I think the moon is haunted.
0: <laughs> I think it might be werewolves. <laughs>
1: Werewolves on the moon, then they'd never turn back to human.
0: Exactly, that's how they get (laughs) you. That's how they get (laughs) you. They stay on the moon and wait. They're just biding their time. Now, yes, people haven't been to the moon since like 1974, but you, it's coming around again. (laughs) Just you wait. (laughs) Then the werewolves will strike. Uh, but but in any event,
1: they find out that like. (laughs) oh, there's a bunch of unusual animals there, and, you know, we no one knows how they got there. And at that point, Dusk is like, ooh, you know, if we went and sampled them, we might be able to cross-reference some samples and figure out what planet they come from.
0: Realistically, she just wants to get the hell off this planet and away from the the uh, moral quandary that she's currently experiencing with the the Rebel Alliance.
1: Yeah, she's just like, I need an excuse to get off planet away from the sexy dude that doesn't want me for sex. And that makes me sad.
0: Yeah. So she she's trying to get out of the situation and she is desperate to do so. And she is grasping at the first straw she comes across. And notably, Tendow is pretty clearly aware of this. He's like, why would you want to go there? That's crazy. I don't want to go to the moon. We have we're, we're here on business. I don't know if you remember that or not. And also, and she's like, no, there's it's no okay. way
1: that like we would even know if any of this worked. Like it might just cause more speculation.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, and she's like, "Well, no, it's it's cool. It's fine. I I won a lot of money in the casino earlier because I just kept winning. I can afford the a, a flight to the moon, and we can go up there." And he's like, "Wait, hold on. Before you even say that, I can't go traipsing around on a wild moon." I barely can walk around in here. And this is civilization with no plants or anything.
1: Yeah. Given that my entire thing is how our species reveres plants and stuff. And uh, for some reason, that means we can't be near them.
0: Well, I mean, it's weird. This is a very strong extension to how normal Ithorians work, which is that they, they revere their own planet so much that they refuse to touch the surface of it. Yeah. Uh, and instead live in floating herd cities above it. But this guy's like, oh, no, I won't touch any fucking planet.
1: Yeah, I don't know where they got the idea that Ithorians just, like, hate walking on dirt, but apparently tendows like, nope, can't do it. If I go walking on the dirt of some moon, why, that'll just absolutely wreck my shit.
0: Why, it'll feel just like I'm walking on broken glass.
1: Walking on, walking on broken glass?
0: Listen Dusk, if you're trying to hurt me, you're doing very well, my dear. Uh, so, but he basically she railroads him into it. He doesn't even have to come with her. She says, "Just fly out to the moon with me and then stay on the ship.
1: I'll just go get some samples. We'll just just a real real quick adventure in and out, classic Rick and Morty." <laughs> 25 <laughs> <Yeah>. minutes tops.
0: <laughs> so, so eventually he's like, okay, fine, fine. We'll go to Rory, the moon of Naboo to have an animal adventure that ought to waste a chapter, whatever. We're going to do it. Are, are you ready to go on a trip like that? She's like, yeah, I have my hiking boots in my backpack. And also I saw a crafting terminal over by the spaceport, you know, where the travel terminal is <laughs> over by the hearthstone and the inn you can log off at. <laughs>
1: If I were to log out in my room, I would gain bonus XP.
0: Because she's just like, yeah, there's a crafting terminal. We can pretty much build whatever we need while we're there. That was just something from the game.
1: Yeah, it was just like, oh, I'll just go make whatever we need from the crafting station. You see, the economy of this game.
0: (laughs) Uh, We live in an economy. (laughs) (laughs) I am very Star Wars uh, so, that's pretty much where it ends, is the two of them kind of going over their plans to uh, to head to the moon, to Rory, the moon of Naboo, and discussing, as they do, all the obvious Star Wars galaxies junk that's scattered around Naboo. Oh,
1: yeah. And you can really see the urgency for dusk because she's like we're gonna leave at first light we don't need to buy anything we will just go if we need anything we'll craft it at the station fucking get off planet right now
0: i only made i only brought one pair set of clothes i will make you clothes on the way (laughs) i'll make them out of garbage you do not know how serious i am Tendow.
1: (laughs) there was a boy Tendow, a boy
0: (laughs) it would be faster for me to order clothes no Get in the spaceship. (laughs) Hmm? And that's pretty much where we we ended. uh,
1: Yeah, that's that's the end of chapter three.
0: Yeah, so that's chapters two and three. Uh, A lot going on, most of it patriarchal arm grabbing.
1: (laughs) I can't wait until Finn shows up on the moon and is like, oh, now that I've seen you work and know that you're The most competent bioengineer and also a space badass and also the prettiest lady that hates it when people notice she's pretty. Now I know I need you for this mission for more than cover. Won't you join me in love?
0: And she's like, I don't know. I have a lot to think about. I met this sexy werewolf here on the moon. (laughs) His name is Jacob.
1: Oh, no, you can't be on that team. (laughs)
0: Uh, I love it when random shit comes together.
1: You you see that? You see how nice that is?
0: All together. I didn't together. plan that at all.
1: Werewolves <laughs> on the moon
0: and Twilight references. It's all together. We None did it. it. planned. <laughs> Mission accomplished, Sean. Hang the banner.
1: That's right. We finally made a, a good referential joke.
0: <laughs> it took
1: us <laughs> almost eight years, but by God.
0: I knew buying that banner eight years ago was a good idea.
1: (laughs) It's just a banner that says reference worked.
0: (laughs) All right, well, there you go. Uh, Exciting times ahead. I assume at some point they'll actually get to Dantooine. Maybe. One can only hope. But in the meantime, John, it's time to talk about Patreon. Ooh, is it? I think it might be. There's nothing else to talk about. Yeah, sure. How you doing? You play any board games or whatever?
1: No, I've still been playing some Hades.
0: You know what? I'm bored of this conversation. The Patreon. Patreon.com slash systemmastery is a great place to go if you want to give us two dollars. Yeah. It's the it's the best place to do that.
1: (laughs) If you want to give us two dollars, there's very few other places that are as good for that.
0: I mean, there's a PayPal link button where you can give us a dollar on our website if you just felt like doing that back from when Patreon was Yeah. (laughs) Back from when Patreon was shit in the bed at one of its various times, shit in the bed, we just built a throw a dollar at us button under our PayPal account. But, but this is the best way to do it, because this way gets you anything.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, you could also just show up at our house and throw money at us like the whores we are.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what I want. I want fans showing up to my home where I'm raising my two-year-old child, tucking singles into my underwear, and then hooting as they leave.
1: Uh, see, now I was more imagining the, like, climactic scene from Moulin Rouge, where it's just like a handful of cash and just throws it at our feet.
0: (laughs) Yeah, just like, this is what I owed you, Yes! yeah okay (laughs) yeah (laughs) but anyway at patreon.com slash system mastery at the two dollar pledge level you will unlock bonus content for expounded universe that's usually four episodes a month of us going and finding weird crazy nonsense about star wars from wikipedia and coming back to tell it to you and to each other we don't know what we're gonna what the other person's gonna do hell i rarely know what i'm gonna do
1: (laughs) i never know what i'm gonna do i'm so unpredictable
0: We've done hundreds of them, so it's really hard for us to use the random button on the site at this point. Uh, but, and, and the uh, work becomes increasingly difficult with each book we review. But that's still what we do. So at the $2 level on, on uh, Patreon.com systemmastery System Mastery, go unlock that content. You'll support us. It'll be a big help, uh, especially in this scary, scary world we live in. And otherwise, uh, there are other levels you can support us at. $1 unlocks some content. $5 unlocks even more content. There's so much content.
1: Too much content. It's too much good stuff.
0: There's just too much good stuff at AMPM or uh, on our Patreon. Yeah. All right, everybody. Except
1: we don't have a weird snack golem (laughs) protecting our Patreon.
0: Oh, you haven't been in my house for like six months. You don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... uh... Did we? We did an episode once where we talked about that guy, right? Where yes. we established that he has like the creepiest name.
1: Yes, I I definitely brought him up at one point. And was like, wowzers, this is the worst.
0: Yeah, it goes way deeper than you think. Like you see the commercials and you're just like, oh, that thing's unpleasant, and then you look him up and you're like, oh, someone at their their company is in charge of writing backstory for that thing.
1: <laughs> we have to know how he went to college and what he majored in. Woof.
0: Yeah, Tumgus tumgus is the character's name so there so there you go all right well anyway thank you so much for listening everybody we'll see you real soon with more exciting star wars content maybe in a week and until then i've been elan sleazebaggiano
1: and a boy just looked at me